This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Keen to dry settle, but the pass to Kulak intercepted and brought the other way by Dubay. Centering pass intended for Dubay by Backlund turns into Dubay and he puts it upstairs to make it 9-5. Oilers sloppy in their own end and Dubay makes them pay, finding a loose puck and roofing it. Over the left shoulder of Mike Smith, 9-5, Calgary. A defensive disaster tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. The Calgary Flames flattened the Oilers 9-5. That was Dylan Dubé's goal that rounded out the scoring with about five and a half minutes left in the third period. Leon Dreisaitl did have a hat trick for Edmonton. Johnny Goudreau was brilliant. He had five assists for Calgary as they record their 40th win of the season. The Oilers record drops to 36-25-5. and Well, it was a crazy one for oil country, ultimately a very disappointing one. And I think some of the concerns that we have been talked about, uh, we have talked about throughout the season were once again, very evident tonight. Uh, First of all, you know, you had the Oilers scoring in the first minute. Calgary came back with uh, three and we'll keep talking about it, but let's go back to Calgary. Here's Jay Woodcroft. Has uh, shown some steady progression, five on five, but today nine even strength goals against. Uh, how did you assess that? Yeah, clearly not good enough. Uh, we went away from script, went away from what our game plan was, and and we paid the price for it. Uh, nine even strength goals, not good enough. What? Nine goals and look at the goaltending. What do you say about? No, 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 no. I, for me, uh, we're a team. We're all in this together, and uh, there were a ton of breakdowns that that led to those goals against. And uh, bottom line is, to a man, all of us weren't good enough tonight. Who do you? Sorry, Derek. I was just gonna ask you because uh, after last game, Leon was saying, you know, we're missing a lot of guys, and you know, there's some of that. And tonight you had the full cavalry. Does that make this loss a little bit more disappointing to you? Well, I thought, you know, we've spent the last five weeks or so trying to uh, improve certain areas of our game, and uh, I thought we got away from it tonight, and we paid the price. Um, that stings. It's a uh, nine even strength goals against. Not good enough. Um, we came into the Calgary Saddle Dome, a team that doesn't hardly give up anything. We scored five goals. That should be enough to win a game. But tonight, it wasn't about what we got. It was about what we gave them. Yeah, that's. is it anything to do with the other team? Is it anything to do with the, you know, a big stage tonight? This was going to be a game we were going to learn some things about the team and it's we didn't learn much here well we learned that we have to stay with the style of play that that lends us to be successful i don't think we played anywhere near towards that tonight um for me we have things to work on as we move forward here and uh we understand that tonight's game was worth two points and um we're going to process it we're going to learn from it and we'll we'll be better come monday night Good, thanks. Thank you. All right, that's it. Short and sweet from Jay Woodcroft. I think pretty obvious what happened. The Oilers were just uh, pretty much terrible keeping the puck out of their own net. As he said, 
nine even strength goals as they bring in Rob Brown to Heartland Ford overtime open line. And then I know Jay wasn't trying to be sarcastic or flippant or anything like that in that situation, but nine even strength goals, not good enough. Uh, well, mo- a lot of nights in the NHL allowing four even strength goals against <laughs> is it going to get you a win? So to have cool. uh, over double that is is a complete, uh, like I said, yeah, I mean, it was a disaster. It, it, that's the word for me defensively. And, and when I say defensively, I don't just mean the defenseman. I, I mean defensive hockey from back checking to the, the play of the defenseman and the play of the goaltending. All 20 guys played in this game for the Oilers and all 20 of them, quite frankly, failed when it came to the defensive side of the game. Well, nine even strength goals. I bet you the Oilers have gone four or five games at times without giving up nine even strength goals. Uh, it just doesn't happen in the NHL. Uh, and the nine may have flattered them because they had a number of other really good opportunities. I think Johnny Goudreau in this game, that's the best I've seen an opposing player play against the Edmonton Oilers in probably a few years. And five goals was probably the least amount of points he was going to get in this hockey game. Uh, He had free range on the ice. There was uh, no physical contact. Uh, Twice he had the puck in front of the net on odd man breaks, and he turned back and controlled the puck and made an even better play than the one that he had to start with. Uh, The Oilers weren't good on the forecheck. They were not good on the back check. Uh, they left the, lo- the zone early when their defensemen had it, and if there was a turnover, they weren't there for it. There was misreads defensively by the defensemen, miscommunications. Uh, everything that the Oilers were doing just before Dave Tippett was fired all came into this game tonight. And uh, part of it was you give credit to the, the Calgary Flames. They're a good hockey club that force you, and they pressure you. And the Oilers today failed that test, went under presser- pressure, uh, they did not step up. So there's a lot of things they're going to have to correct before they start playing good teams again. They'll get by against the Arizona Coyotes. They'll beat them, even playing the way they did tonight. But when you play good teams, they pick you apart when you play poor defensive hockey, and that's what the Edmonton Oilers did tonight. Yeah, uh, I mean, just uh, a really poor game for for Edmonton. And, uh, you know, it overshadows Leon Drysdale getting a hat trick. They scored three power play goals against an outstanding Flames penalty kill. That's uh, 85.6% third in the league. So even the few positives for the Oilers tonight uh, just going to be greatly overshadowed in this game. Uh, I can tell you this, though, Rob, the Japanese Village goal light is on because <laughs> the Oilers did score five. So you can go to 630ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. And side note, this is the second highest battle of Alberta in history, second highest scoring battle of Alberta in history, twice they combined for 15 goals. They were both in the 83-84 season, and oddly enough, they were back-to-back meetings. On January 3rd, 84, Edmonton won 9-6 in Calgary, and on February 3rd, 84, the Oilers won 10-5 at home. I know Flames fans were chanting, we want 10, and uh, if, if Calgary came close to getting 10, actually, in the last five minutes, uh, well, Reed, that, you know, that would have tied it. Daryl Sutter says it's a 3-2 league game nowadays. That's the way it is. But when I played, it was a 7-6 game, league. So yeah. that, that was not out of the norm, those type of games. I played playoff games like that. So, uh, But this was a game... The, 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 seriously, the Calgary Flames scored nine goals in this game. And they rang two off 
po or post or crossbars. They missed some wide open chances. They easily could have had 13 or 14 goals. That's how poor the Oilers were defensively. And the, the score probably flatters the Oilers because they had the power plays. And their power play was very good, and they got the long, extended five-on-three. But <laughs> you yeah, it could have been an eleven. It could have been an eleven-three game. You're right. Yep. Like yeah, easily yeah. with very a bounce or two the other way. Yeah. Yeah. So that that now and, and the thing is what Bob and I just talked about when the others get into the playoffs, whether whoever they play, whether it's the Kings or 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 the uh, the, the Golden Knights or eventually the Flames or whoever they play. They're not going to look at what the Oilers did in games that they won. They're going to get all the films of what the Oilers did in games that they lost. And that's what they're going to try to expose. Because if you're beating Edmonton, okay, here's what you have to do to be able to do it. So a game like tonight, the whoever they play in the playoffs is going to, okay, all right, let's dissect this. How do you beat them? Where are their weaknesses? Where can you expose them? So any of the things that happened tonight in this hockey game, the Oilers have got to figure a way to fix them before the playoffs come. Because... There were a lot of things, and it creeped in in the game in Dallas, where they gave up a number of odd man breaks. Uh, I mean, it was a it was a fun game to watch, but you have a lead late in the game, and they get a couple odd man breaks against you. Why are teams getting those breaks again that they didn't get earlier in the season? Part or earlier in Jay Woodcroft's uh, tenure as a coach, they started getting away from the things that they were make, making them successful. And tonight, a very good Calgary team picked them apart because of that. Yeah, and that's really going to be the the question here and I, and I think that's what still what still many Oilers fans are are nervous about and that would be you know my critique of the team is can they compete against the upper tier teams you know and, and I've said this before e even when they've had good goaltending lately when you get into the playoffs and there's only 16 teams left and you're playing the same team for two weeks can you have the better goaltending and tonight it's not just the goaltending but can you have the better defending like tonight the Oilers uh defense quite frankly some of them looked slow some of them looked like they weren't physical enough and you're going to be playing teams in the playoffs that are similar to the Flames caliber now Calgary Colorado are the class of the West don't get me wrong yep. and it was an encouraging game on Monday the way the Oilers played against the Avalanche but if if this were a playoff series, uh, you'd still be down 2 nothing because you lost in overtime and then you got blown up tonight. So you still well, ultimately didn't figure out a way to win. Where, where the Oilers can be successful and where they were when Jay Woodcroft first took over is when they played low-event hockey games. Because if you're in a low-event hockey game, if each team gets you know, seven or six grade-A scoring chances, the Oilers have the best offensive players in the league. Connor and Leon. So if they're playing a low event game and Connor and Leon get two each, they're eventually gonna they're gonna win the games three two. When you get into high event games, like there was tonight, teams with better goaltending will have a better chance because now now the goaltenders, both goaltenders are getting tested over and over and over again. Well, the other team's got a goaltender that, you know, and he might let a couple in, but he's gonna come up with that big save when it's needed. And we saw that tonight with Markstrom. I mean, that was not a great game by Markstrom. But in the third period, when the game was in the balance, he made an unbelievable save on Evander Kane. And that's big. That's what Grant Fierce talks about. Big saves at big moments win hockey games. And that's what he did. So that's why you don't want to be in high event games if you're the Oilers, because most nights you're playing against teams, especially come playoff time, you're playing against teams who probably have better goaltending than you on paper. So you want to play that 3-2 style of game. And when the others do that, they can be successful. They weren't playing that style tonight. 
Well, and you're right. And that was a critical point in the game. The, the, like the Flames start the third period with a power play with a one goal lead and they don't get a shot. And I'm thinking, okay, a little bit of momentum for the Oilers off the PK. And then Kane has a sure goal on his stick and Markster makes a great save. And not only does he make the save, Lindholm scores 20 seconds later because I wrote mm-hmm. down those highlights. And, and to me, as, as wild as it was and as many goals as there were, I, I thought it was over at that point at 7-5. I mean, it's so weird the scores were saying. Kane could have tied it 6-6. Like, <laughs> like we're used to saying, he would have made it 2-2. But you're right. In the end, Markstrom, you know, out-goaltended the other two, uh, the, the two Oilers goalies who, you know, I know we're going to get the calls for Stuart Skinner again tonight. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see how the Oilers go forward. But, but another thing, too, I mean, the Flames are good. It's them in Colorado in the West. If any Flames fans are listening, don't buy the BS coming out of Daryl Sutter's mouth. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, we thought all year it'd be Vegas and Edmonton, and it's probably going to be those two teams first and second. Don't buy the BS. Well, it's going to be a waste of eight days, whoever plays Colorado. Did you see this game? It's going to be a waste of eight days, who forever plays, who pl- ever plays Calgary. In the first. Like, I'm going to say this if the Flames are not in the Western Conference final, it will be an absolute shock. They are head and shoulders above the Pacific Division. So Flames fans, don't don't buy the stuff your coach is saying to take the heat off the team. They they, they got an awesome team this year. They do, and they, for them, they got to take the next step in playoff hockey. They've done it the regular season. Having said that, this was a big moment tonight. This was a big game, and their best players were fantastic. Every one of them. Uh, Goudreau, I, we just talked about Kachuk was. He was uh, all-world tonight. Lindholm, who I've said for the last couple of years is my favorite player on the on the Flames, outstanding. Uh, Hannafin on the back end, Anderson. Like, you go down the list, they were good. And then they have role players that understand the roles. Uh, Milan Lucic, who was probably uh, miscast when he was with the Edmonton Oilers, playing in a fourth-line role with the Calgary Flames. A couple of huge hits, understanding what his role is. Uh, the, you're a pretty good team when you can put Sean Monaghan who was your number one center for the last number of years, he's sitting in the in the press box. He can't make this lineup. So Calgary does have a very good team, and it starts with their goaltender. He gives them quality starts. This wasn't a great start for him, but he came up with a big, big save that kept the, t- the team in the lead and eventually got them a victory. All right, 9-5 Calgary wins tonight. It was a hat trick for this member of the Edmonton Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl. Leon, last time you were here, you after the game, you kind of said it was frustrating because you had a, you know, a lot of guys missing. That made it hard, and tonight you had the full lineup. Does that make this loss a little bit more disappointing? You had the full count. Yeah, it's obviously not good enough. So uh, yeah, I don't really need to say anymore. Um, you know, you can't give up nine goals and expect to win. So. You see the nine goals, a lot of people might hang that on your goaltender. I assume you probably don't feel no, the same way. No, it's not. It's not on our goalies. It's on us. What do we, you guys have been playing really well, and your five-on-five play has been good, and your defensive zone play has been pretty good, and it, none of it showed up tonight. Any thoughts on how it just goes absent that way? Yeah, it, it happens. Uh, it's an off night. Um, not good enough. Obviously, starts with um, with me. Um, you know, I, I have to be a lot better, and um, I know our group uh, and myself, we will be a lot better. You get a hat trick tonight, and it's probably yeah, it doesn't sour. matter. It doesn't matter. Um, you can't lose nine, whatever, a game like that. So, um, yeah, just leave it at that. Leo, nine even strength goals against. How do you hit the reset button after this? You just flush it. I mean, you, you take the negatives out of it. Um, not, not too many positives. Um, so, 
yeah, just, I guess, park it and, um, yeah, move, move on. We, we have to make sure that we respond on Monday. That said, I mean, you could end up playing this team in the playoffs and obviously a huge rival. Is there something that you'll want to gravitate uh, or take out of this game that uh, you'll be focusing on? Uh, yeah, you, you just, again, you, you can't give up nine goals. Uh, it doesn't matter against who. You're never going to win a game in the NHL if you give up nine. So, um we can talk all we want. Um, it's not not good enough. Uh, top to bottom um, starts starts with me, um, our, our leadership group. But um, you know, I'm I'm pretty confident we'll be better. All right. Well, yeah, nowhere to go for, uh, but up for the Oilers after this one. They are routed 9-5 by the Calgary Flames tonight. It is a $500 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous for every Oilers goal throughout the season. So, uh, uh, yeah, 100 bucks for every goal. 500 tonight from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled. Experience unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Okay, uh, back in a couple of minutes. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline for certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Healing Systems, CertainTeed, Pro all the way. 9-5, Flames take it. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line. Oilers try to power the way through. It's flicked in front by Kane and redirected to the half wall, cleared by Coleman, who was jackknifed by Kane, and now a turnover. What a save, Markstrom, as he robbed Evander Kane from Yesapul Yarvi. The Oilers caught the Flames in a change, and Jacob Markstrom... Absolutely took one away from Evander Kane. Well, that's the stop Rob and I were talking about. It is the save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. I mean, really, Rob, that was a three-on-O for the for the Oilers. I mean, kind of yeah, maybe. I, a, I mean, they, there's one flame kind of getting back, but yeah, there's a mistake. It was a, it was a. Uh, they showed a great angle from behind the net, and the the Flames were carrying it up, and the guy that had it in the neutral zone didn't get it deep. And his, all his line mates and teammates went off the ice. They figured, okay, he's getting to center. We need a change. He doesn't get it deep. I believe it was Nurse picked it off and quickly got it up. And then a three-on-zero. And uh, the thing is, the Oilers were perfect the way they did it. It was executed perfectly. It just Markstrom was better. And that save right there uh, saved the gave them can the, let them stay in the lead. And then shortly after that, they extended the lead. So. Uh, it was one where Markstrom was not good early, but he certainly was good late in this hockey game. 9-5, Calgary wins it. Uh, Jerry is a winner tonight of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. He took the under as I set the line at 3.5 total points for McDavid plus Yamamoto plus Kane. McDavid got two assists, nothing for Kane and nothing for Yamamoto. So it is under. Jerry wins, courtesy River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. All right. Go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Jason standing by. Jason, thanks for staying up and giving us a call. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Go ahead. Good. Hey, I just want to – I got a couple questions for you. Um, uh, for all the goals that have been scored, so I tend not to be a smart man, but at the end of the day, uh, <laughs> we kind of got, you know – 
one goal on every four, or they got one goal on every four shots. What do you guys think? Um, I don't think the goaltenders for the Oilers gave them the saves they needed, but I also think the Oilers were horrible defensively in front of them, and the the chances that Calgary were getting were grade A scoring chances. So tonight's game was a combination of average to below average, probably below. Actually, I'll take that back. Below average goaltending and horrible defensive play in front of them. Right, right. Okay, no, that that's fair enough. Another question, or I guess I guess I need your guys' advice. So yesterday, I'm in Grand Prairie. I go for to the Grand Prairie Hospital. I'm going on a heart monitor at 1.30, and I got to do it till Sunday at 1.30. What do I got to do to make this heart monitor, like, not go for 100 beats per minute under that? I've wore, I've wore one of those. I've had those heart monitors on. Uh, don't watch an Oiler game if you're wearing one of those. Well, yeah, I'm not touching that going. question. I'm not giving anything resembling medical advice. Not, I'm <laughs> staying away from that one. <laughs> Here's what happened uh, around the NHL. Courtesy Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers. Head to edmontontrailer.com. The Kings won 4-2 over the Kraken. Vegas won earlier today. They were down 3 nothing, and they won 5-4 in overtime. The Lightning beat the Red Wings 2-1 in OT. Bruins knock off the Islanders 6-3. Sharks down the Ducks 4-1. The Canucks get a big win 4-1 over Dallas. The Canadians beat Toronto 4-2. It was the Panthers over the Senators 4-3 in a shootout. Entertaining overtime in that game. Capitals beat the Devils 4-3. Hurricanes Route the Blues 7-2, and in OT, Minnesota beats Columbus 3-2, and the Oilers farm team here, just seeing if we got a final now, uh, the Oilers farm team loses. Bakersfield loses 4-3 in overtime to Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids tied it with 22 seconds left in the third and then won it in overtime. Marodi, Malone, and Perlini, the goal scorers for the Condors, Dylan Holloway, got two assists. So the standings, well, not as good for the Oilers as it was the last couple of days, but they are still third in the Pacific, four points behind Los Angeles, and now just one point ahead of fourth place Vegas with two games in hand. And if you want to look at the wild card, Dallas is the best non-playoff team, and they're only two points behind the Oilers with a couple of games in hand. But again, if the Oilers stay ahead of Vegas, then you don't have to worry about the wild card. So that is updating that situation. And Reed, looking at that Vegas, and I've said it for a while, Vegas is in big trouble. The one thing that Vegas does have going for them going down the stretch, they have 12 games left, only four games against teams that are in the playoffs. They have a bunch of games against Seattle and Vancouver. So if they get healthy and they don't play again until Wednesday, they they need they could go on a run and to me that's the team that would be the hardest to play against in the playoffs just because if they ever got healthy they have a very good hockey club injuries have derailed their season but vegas uh in trouble but they do have a fairly easy schedule to finish the season okay we'll get uh justin on the certainty hotline as well justin checking in tonight go ahead sir hey guys uh what do you guys go to Coskin or smith next game I'd go Smith. I'd go Costin. because that was the way they were going to go. So Costin, and this was his chance to start. It didn't go well. So I give Smith the start in the next game. I, I'd actually uh, go Costin because he's played so, better lately and he's been playing more. So would I. And just he really not, didn't have a chance on any of those goals. And do you think these guys will give Skinner a chance? 
I think only if both guys are a disaster. That's, I mean, looking at the how they've handled Skinner this year, I think both goaltenders would have to be, like Rob said, below average or poor for a few games in a row before they called up Skinner. That's my read on it. And then one other thing. Rob, let, let, Rob what do you think? Let, no, let I, Rob I reply to that one too. I, I just... I just don't. Their plan is to go with Smith and Koskinen, and unless they, it completely fall, goes off the rails, then that's the way they're going to go. Um, Skinner's a safety valve, but I don't see him coming up unless and he's not going to come up to backup. So they're going to try. They're going to run with Smith and Koskinen, and uh, if if it gets going sideways big time, and all of a sudden they're in a playoff race where teams are right there, then I could see them making move. But I don't see it happening anytime soon. And uh, one other thing, I've watched Evan Bouchard throughout the season, and I, he's pretty calm, cool, and collected, but I, there, I just see the urgency in his game sometimes. It's, it's like, so hard to watch. It's not like a coachable thing. I, I, I just think that's the way he is. And I, and yeah. I agree. I, I see it the exact same way you do. Um, yeah. That's, I think that's just his demeanor. That's just, I don't think there was a lack of intensity, just a lack of intensity that from, he doesn't show any intensity. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I agree. It, it's it, it's uh, comical at times where you're like, okay, like he's going back to get the puck. It doesn't look like he's got any urgency at all in his game, but this is the way he plays. And, uh, but I must, he has struggled defensively over the last month and a half. When the puck's on his stick and he's making plays, he's got time to make plays, he makes very good plays. When the puck's in the offensive zone and come back to the point to make a, a shot on net, he's good. But when he's under stress or when he's battled one-on-one, uh, he has struggled for the last, and I would say probably about 20, 25 games. Well, he's had his ice time cut by about five and a half minutes per game since Woodcroft took over compared to Tippett's ice time. I, I think with Bouchard, Rob, and this is kind of along the lines, well, it is along the lines of what I was talking about earlier, that when you get into the playoffs, you're going to be playing high-level opponents. You're not going to be playing the San Jose's and New Jersey's and Buffalo's of the world. And when the physicality and pressure mm-hmm. really cranks up, how is Bouchard going to do playing the same team every second night for potentially two weeks, right? I how and, and to, to make it, you know, And to even make it a bigger picture, uh, and, and again, it was pretty much everybody tonight, forwards and yep. goaltenders included. But, you know, how is Duncan Keith going to do against teams that can push the pace, push the pace, make him skate back for pucks, drive wide on him, like night after night, elite, elite guys. And I, I could go on and on with, you know, some of the Oilers defensemen. But you know, that's that's what this game sort of brings more to the forefront for me. No, I agree. And one of the things I said at the deadline is my hope was that the Oz would find a big shutdown, nasty right-handed defenseman. Because if Cody Ceci were to get injured or miss any games in the playoffs, now you've got Bouchard and Barry, and both fantastic with the puck on their sticks. But I don't think you would classify either as a shutdown defenseman. And if Ceci's out of the lineup, all of a sudden, ooh, who do we put out in the last minute of periods? Who do we put out against the other team's best players when they come out on a face-off in your own zone? So I think that's what will be tested come playoff time because Bouchard and and Barry uh, have had struggles, although I must say Barry has been better as of late defensively. Bouchard, though, there was a a couple moments tonight where he got caught standing around. When the stress level gets a little harder in a hockey game, 
there have been a few cracks in his defensive game. All right. So uh, we'll look for uh, some adjustments on the back end to be our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. Nine, five, the flames take it to the Oilers tonight. Uh, an absolute crazy one. Three, two Calgary after the first at the halfway point of the game, it was six, five for Calgary, 11 goals in the first 29 minutes and 18 seconds. Calgary got three in the third period to put it away. We'll welcome Joel on the certainty hotline. Hey, Joel, thanks for calling. Oh, hi there, guys. Um, I'm just wondering, how many points does uh, uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid have? On the season? Yes. Uh, well, McDavid's up to 97, and Dreisaitl's at 94. And what about uh, June, uh, June, uh, Junior uh, Hopkins? He got four of the nights. He's got 41. He's played fewer games, obviously. Okay. Has he been playing better since he got back from being injured? Yeah, he's played uh, very well. Yeah, thanks, Joel. He's only played two games since he came back from being injured, so... He actually he had a good game today. At five on five, he was actually plus. He had a four-point night. Uh, the, the Edmonton Oilers are a better hockey club when RNH is in the lineup. Yeah, well, and obviously made a difference on the power play. Mm-hmm. And penalty which, killing. Which might have been the lone bright spot. For, very good for the Oilers. <laughs> this might have been the lone. We'll try to find a little bit of a bright spot. Yeah. Uh, the power play update, by the way, for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. First time this season, the Oilers get three power play goals in a game. Uh, I originally tweeted it was the first time the Flames had allowed three in a game. My buddy Pat Steinberg from Calgary corrected me, and I uh, updated it. Second time the Flames allowed three in a game. They had that bad 7-1 loss to Vancouver a few weeks ago. They allowed three in that one. Flames just deadly five on five tonight. Nine goals and a 9-5 win over the Edmonton Oilers. More of your phone calls in a couple of minutes. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Dryson to McDavid. Pulls his way. Nugent Hopkins shoots and scores. And we are tied again at four. Wow. Nugent Hopkins is eighth. Set up brilliantly by the captain. All right, there's the news goal we were talking about. He had four points tonight. Oddly enough, uh, he and Duncan Keith were the only Oilers who finished plus, both plus one tonight, though. Stats like that, not overly relevant in a game like this. Backland with two goals and an assist for Calgary. Kachuk, two goals, two assists. Lindholm, two goals. Hannafin, two assists. Toffoli, two assists. And as we were telling you, Johnny Goudreau, five assists in this game tonight, 9-5, Calgary taking it to the Oilers. So Calgary's record is 40-17-8. and eight. The Oilers are now 36-25-5. and Three-game homestand starts against Arizona on Monday. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline. We have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, how was the basketball game last night? Oh, it was good. I, guess, I mean, uh, I mean, well, yeah, no, it was certainly good. I mean, no, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely better than this game if you're an Oilers fan, but but I mean, you know what? I guess uh, I want to say this. I want to I want to take something away from uh, the post game interview there by Drysdale when he was when they mentioned that you know he 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 gets a hat trick and he goes, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, right? You know, to me, to me that that said that said something that that Drysdale knew that yeah that yeah the effort was poor by everybody. I mean. I mean, you give up nine against anybody, and like you said, you're not going to win. So, I mean, I mean, how many times would you would you say the Oilers get three three power play goals in a game 
hold the other team to 0 for 4 on the power play and still give up nine. But if somebody had told me that before the game today, I would have said I would have said you're crazy. But anyway, I mean, you know what? You got to move on. Obviously, there's things from obviously there's things they can they can look at on the film to improve. But what they don't want to do is dwell on this because you got you still got, you still got. I, what are we at? 16 games left. Gotta you gotta park. Gotta for the most part park it. Move on. Get ready for Arizona. This one's done. It's over. Forget about it. Well, I I would say, thanks, Sir Robert. I I do think sometimes there are burn the game film types types of games, Rob. I I personally I don't think this is one of them. I think no. I'm not saying you sit down and make the players rewatch the whole game and relive it, but I I think there are some very glaring things that players should be shown on tape and need to be reminded that these can't happen when you're defending or managing the puck. Yeah. I mean, you don't harp on the players and go in and yell and scream as we listen to Leon and all the players, they know when the game is bad. It's, it's pretty simple. You look up the scoreboard and it's, uh, there's no need for, for a coach coming in and pointing things out that way after the game. But, we we talked about they're getting close to playoffs and there have been things creeping into their game as of late that they have to clean up. And when you have video proof, as they do tonight, then you show the players, okay, here's what's going on. The others have been giving up a lot of odd man breaks. Teams have been uh, splitting through their defensemen and getting good chances. They just showed a, a, some of the highlights on Goskin and the first, two of the goals were breakaways that were breakaways not from long outlet passes where a guy was sprung because he was standing behind the defenseman. There are breakaways because the puck was on the outside and guys shot through the middle and no one took them. So those are things you have to clean up before you get much further because the teams like Calgary, the teams like Colorado, uh, Vegas, if they make the playoffs, they got guys, high-skilled players that can pick you apart in odd man breaks. So the Edmonton Oilers got to get that out of their game. So, yeah, you don't burn this film, you learn from it. Well, and Koskinen actually stopped one of those breakaways, and then Nurse yeah, and then accidentally tapped it to do his yeah. own net. So, yeah, it was just a complete, well, disaster. I'm going to keep going back to that word. I mean, you give up nine, it's uh, pretty bad. Okay, 780-496-0063. Brian is standing by. Brian, go ahead. Hey, Reed, long time no talk. Well, what's going on? Well, I just wanted to comment that... Uh, what what to me what makes Calgary a better team this year than Edmonton even though Edmonton's got Connor and Leon is they're tougher they're finishing their checks and they played a complete game tonight did they you know they they got the lead and they didn't back off the Oilers seem to never want to play a full 60 minute game and uh, yeah, yeah, I just don't know why uh, why that is. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I think here's what I think with the Flames. First of all, they got Markstrom a couple of years ago. He's having a Vesna caliber season. I don't know if he's going to win it. Guy with the Rangers might win it, but he's one of the top. To me, Markstrom is one of the top three goalies in the league this season. Mm-hmm. And I, I also think uh, Sutter has had a positive impact on some of the forwards who have had their games question in the past and I also think quite frankly Trey Living was able to lose Giordano and improve the defensive core and they have a physical big defense core 
who maybe have varying levels of ability with the puck, um, but they're all decent enough with it. And it's it's hard to get to the net. You know, like it's it's hard to get to the net. And then when you do get to the net, you got Markstrom. To me, to me, those are the biggest differences with the Flames this year to last. And let's be honest here. The, the Flames didn't play a perfect game. I mean, they gave up five goals. So uh, this was a game that they just, uh, the Oilers were that much worse. Uh, the Flames, they have to prove it in the playoffs. They haven't done that yet. But they have been built quite well. And they do have depth up front and on the back end. Uh, their top line is as good as any top line in the NHL. And the stats prove it. Um, they they may not have the uh, the... Uh, top high end that a, a Leon or a Connor have, but collectively together. When you're plus, they were plus 45 coming into the season. That's scary. That's how good that top line is. Well, been. Goudreau will get Hart is, Trophy votes. I don't know if he's going to win it, so, but he. Uh, I think I, he should get I votes. I agree. I'm 100%. I think if I'm picking, Goudreau's in my top three. I mean, he's the season he's having point-wise, throw in the fact, I don't know what he was tonight. I'm guessing he was plus in a team. He was they plus had four nine. tonight. He was plus was four. He? Okay, so he's, he's plus 49 on the season. And and it, plus minus isn't the end all, but it, it really is indicative of kind of year you're having. And Connor and Leon, who are the two top scorers in the leaner, uh, league, are both around, what, plus 10? Somewhere in that range right now? Uh, well, Connor was plus 18. So what was he, minus but he four was tonight? Minus four tonight, so he's plus 14. So that's plus 49 to plus 14. That That will garner votes. But Johnny Goudreau will be in the top three, I believe, for the MVP. And he's also on the best team in the division and one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. He's having that good a season. You know who would get my... And I don't have a Hart Trophy vote. We'll go deeper into this discussion some other night, Rob. You know who I'd actually vote for for the Hart Trophy? Huberto? Roman Yossi. Um, I'm, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's about five, five guys that are out there that are above everyone else. Yossi's in it. Huberto's in it. Obviously, we got Connor and Leon Goudreau. And there's one more that I'm missing that's having a fantastic season. I can't think of right now. But Goudreau will get votes, and deservedly so. And what's interesting, and this is another story too, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Well, I know. That's the crazy him, thing. Yeah. If you're ever going to have an MVP season, this would be the year to do it. Oilers lose 9-5 to the Calgary Flames. My goodness. We have John standing by. Hey, John, go ahead. Hey, hey John, are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah go I'm ahead. here. Can you hear me now? Um, yeah, we got you, I was man. Gonna just want to talk more kind of big picture here. Um, I, uh, I guess my issue with the Oilers is just the roster construction. I just don't think it's been properly constructed. Like, you look at the game tonight, um, how many times has this happened? You shot, you see that uh, play uh, back when takes that run at McDavid. And I guess my thing is, why are we never, ever the team to take a run at the other team's players? We're always reactionary. Mm-hmm. And I feel like previously, when Shirelli was our GM, it was too overly built on big and heavy. And since Ken Holland's taken over, he's gone the completely opposite way on the pendulum. And uh, I just I don't, don't feel like it's balanced. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I think the Oilers have gone out, and I think the Oilers over the last couple of years have been uh, soft to play against. And then they went out and they got Hyman. They went out and they got um, Kane. Those are two big, heavy men up front that they didn't have in the past. They went out and got Fogel. 
So I think they have tried to build it into be a much tougher team to play against. Um, were they there tonight? No, it wasn't. A, they weren't as physical as they, they probably could have been. But I think Holland has addressed that because in, in the series against Winnipeg, they were they were not tough enough against Winnipeg to win that series. And he went out and addressed it. And those three players alone are bigger, stronger players than they have. Well, okay, but let me let me throw this at you, though, Rob. And I and I see the caller's point, and I also see your point. I, I think Hyman and Fogel, when he's playing well, for example, help with down low puck possession. Mm-hmm. But are they? I'm going to go out and run Brett Kulak into the glass like Lucic did in the first period. Well, we had you know, Lucic. Kane, Kane, didn't want him. Well, Kane, you know, Kane will steamroll guys. Yeah. Um, you know, does Cassian do it enough? Yeah, I realize maybe to. maybe you he's don't want Nurse running to. around and taking penalties, but I, I understand what the color is saying. Like the, the the Flames defense, like they got the beef, man. Well, okay, like they got different. the beef. Yeah, the, on the you're right. The Oilers' defense is not physical, and that's what we talked about that right from the beginning of the season. They do not have a physical defense, and that usually is more noticeable come playoff time, because that's when the physicality gets ramped up to you know, 100 out of 100 on this on the scale. And I don't know if the Oilers, and that's what worried me when I said, if CeCe's out of the lineup and all of a sudden it's a Barry and a, and, and a Bouchard, uh, to, when you start playing against teams with big four checks, can you punish them in front of that? That's the thing the Oilers lack is on the back end. All right, 9-5, Calgary wins tonight. Here's Oilers forward Zach Hyman. You've been playing well, even strength. You guys, you know, playing a solid game lately, and it just turns into a 9 5 What happens? He played bad. He played poorly. I mean, I think it was nine uh, even strength goals against, right? So, um, what do we have? Three power play goals. So, 9 2 at even strength. You know, the media is going to probably blame our goalies, but you can't blame our goalies. You know, hung them out to dry. Just, um, you know, all around poor performance. Yeah, your structure just disappeared, it seemed like. The, the, your own end was a pretty busy place, guys all over the place. Where does it go, I guess, we're trying to figure out? what It's been good lately, but it wasn't good tonight. Where does it go? Well, I mean, you regroup, right? It's uh, it's a one-off. You you remember it. You learn from it. We'll play these guys again. And uh, and you regroup from it. I mean, we, like you said, we've been playing well before that. Just get back at it. It's, uh, it's, you, know, you have no time to think about it. A lot of hockey left, and uh, and we'll be ready for Monday. Zach Leon was saying after the last time you were here that it was a tough result because you guys were missing so many guys. But you had the full lineup tonight. Does that make this loss a little bit more disappointing than the last one here? Oh, I think it's you know just disappointing because we didn't show up. I mean, it's it's not like we went out there and it was a great game and, and we came on the short end of it. Just we didn't show up. We didn't play well. You know, to a man, it's it's hard to find. You know, somebody probably had a good game today. It was just uh, poor all around, and uh, and we'll regroup. It's not fair to. I mean, you're right. People will look at your goalies because there's a lot of goals and not that many shots. Uh, what would you say to that? I mean, I don't care who's in that tonight. There's nine even strength goals. It doesn't matter. Like, it's it's not it's not it's not on our goalies. So it's on us. All right, that is Zach Hyman. Uh, the final stats for the goalies, by the way. Koskinen allows five goals on 12 shots. Smith allows four goals on 26 shots. As uh, I mean, actually, the Oilers didn't. The Oilers didn't have much in the third period. Rob, what did they get? Four shots. Yeah, well, it's funny because after Markstrom made that one big save on Kane, 
I started trying to think of what other saves he had to make in the period, and I couldn't remember any. Yeah, nothing. The Calgary Flames were the much better team in the final 20 minutes. The much better team. Yeah, 9-5 Calgary wins it. We have Kelly on the Certainty Hotline. Hey, Kelly, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just wanted to make a comment. I thought, like, tonight's game, it's one of those ones you just kind of throw it away. But, you know, it's happened to them before where they've been blown out games. But I thought tonight, watching, they, there was about three or four goals that they got scored on where they had the puck in their end. They had time to get it out, and they... You know, made a bad move in their end, turned back into a Flames player, and ended yep. up losing the puck, and the puck was in their net. Yeah, bad yep. puck management for sure. Yep, big time. Well, that's the part, one part thing of, that we we've part of the about problem. That, well, when the Oilers' defense can they handle stress, and it when they start playing the Calgarys or the Vegas or or Los Angeles, right now it looks like Los Angeles in the first round. The last time these two teams met, L.A. and and Edmonton, when it was in L.A., that was a playoff hockey game. And it was a close game. It was, uh, I think it was 3-2. And L.A. pounded and pounded the Edmonton Oilers throughout the night. Uh, can the Oilers' defense handle that in a seven-game series? Because we saw tonight that they were exposed a number of times with the pressure of the Calgary Flames. So, uh, that again, that's why you want to watch game film and find out what you can do better and what you can do wrong. But you're absolutely, the, the caller's absolutely right. A lot of the plays tonight were self-inflicted where the Oilers under stress just threw the puck away uh, to get rid of it. And it turned into a scoring chance for the Calgary Flames. All right. We'll also get Travis here. 780-496-0063. Hey, Travis. Hi, how's it going? Good. Good. Um, yeah, I just got a quick question for you guys. I was just wondering uh, what caliber or type of hockey player should we be expecting out of Ryan McLeod in the future? Oh, that's, that's a, a really question. good question, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, he's fast. Um, I, I think there, the hope is that as a young player, he'll eventually learn to execute, to score. Uh, a lot of players come in, it's, it's hard scoring at the National Hockey League level. So for him, he, he's going to get chances because of his speed. He reads the play pretty good. He's gonna, he could become a very good penalty killer. But is, can he take that next, next step as a top six forward and have finish in his game? I think that's the one thing that's missing right now. When he plays with Leon Dreisaitl, he's you're probably going to get two or three great chances a game. you got to be able to capitalize. So he's got the speed to be an NHL player, and that's not going to be a problem. It's whether or not he can make that step to become a consistent scorer in a top-six role. All right, we'll get to a couple more phone calls here. we just got to take a quick timeout. It is a battle of Alberta that once again goes to the home team. Home team wins all four matchups, 9-5. Calgary smoking the Oilers tonight. It's Heartland Ford overtime open line. Johnny Goudreau, five assists. Calgary Flames light up the Edmonton Oilers, 9-5. Leon Dreisaitl did get a hat trick for the Oilers up to 45 goals now, or pardon me, 47 goals on the season. So closing in on 50 is dry settle, but as he said earlier, doesn't care much about the hat trick after a game like this as uh, the Oilers are now 36-25-5 and five on the season. Oh, good morning. It's Sunday, Rob. Yay. <laughs> Rob's so <laughs> excited. The, no, Sunday, that Sunday morning. It means I got to get the pancake batter ready. Yeah, the make them early. Pancakes. Have, have them ready. You know, I'm going to try to watch this afternoon that uh, St. Peter's University basketball team, the Peacocks. That is pretty exciting, eh? Yeah, they they won that game during my uh, show last night. So Paul Surf from Basketball Alberta hopped on, and he said something like, oh, I don't know if I have the notes. 
but their basketball budget is something like 1.5, $1.8 million. Like it's less than $2 million. And there's coaches in the NCAA that make 9 million at the big schools and their entire program's funding is 1.8. Well, they showed that they said their home opener this season, they had 474 fans. Well, their arena only sits 3,200. Yeah. And nobody really cared because only 474 of them showed up for their first uh, game. It's it's a teeny little, it's a community college in New Jersey. I mean, yeah, it's, it's absolutely like, incredible. Like this yeah. is, this would be like some team from the, the minors coming up and, and going to the Stanley Cup finals. It's a, that big a deal. So here's hoping they win that game. All right. We'll get Frank in here on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, Frank. Hey, guys. Good discussion tonight. My comment is uh, that our coaching staff should probably send a great big thank you to the Calgary ones because Calgary has just created a video, How to Beat the Oilers. Uh, And uh, they're all going to watch it and they're all going to see it. Rob has said we need better than average goaltending on any given night to win the game. I don't think we're going to get it from this crew regardless of who they play which means that they have to commit to a team defense philosophy. Are they capable of doing that? That's my question. Well, and I, yeah, and I think that's the question I was asking earlier, Rob. Goaltending goal aside, can whatever six defensemen the Oilers dress in any game, first of all, withstand the, the speed and the physicality of the game, and then do the forwards as a whole, the 12-man unit, do they make... Are, are they thorough enough in their defending? Some nights well, they are. I think we yeah, got to be fair. Some nights well, they, they call the Colorado night was a good night. Well, in the this word night I would was say, awful. Yeah. Well, the word I would use is they are capable of it. Yes, uh, but it is a commitment, and you have to be committed to do that. And I, I do believe the leadership core will be committed to do that because they've had so much uh, failure. Uh, over the last number of years where they haven't had the success that they were hoping for. But this Oiler team, and that's what I said at the beginning of our, our, our broadcast, you and I, the Oilers, I don't believe, can play high-event hockey against the best teams in the NHL uh, because most of those nights, the other team's goaltending on paper would be better. And uh, you're going to get, if you're going to trade chances and their goalie's better, normally you're going to get more bigger or get big saves when you need it. And the Oilers haven't gotten that when in the high event game. So I do believe the Oilers are capable of winning in the playoffs. But to do that, they have to play, a, a very, have a very concerted effort to be a good defensive team. And if they do that and they take the pressure off their goaltenders, then they can beat hockey clubs. But they, they put too much pressure on their goalies tonight and then their goalies didn't bail them out when those big mistakes happened. All right, we got Z standing by as well. Good morning, Z. Go ahead. Hey, uh, just a question on uh, why is hockey save percentages in decimals? I don't know why they do it that way. Um, they do it like a like a batting average in baseball. You know, like a guy bats three ten, he doesn't bat thirty one point zero percent. I guess hockey does the save percentage that way. Why they do it, Z? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like maybe that's something I should have encountered somewhere in my life, but I, I honestly don't know why they express. Maybe it's easier to say nine ten instead of ninety one points. I, I don't know. Okay, is it something to do on the forty clock shot? On the what? On the four forty shots taken on uh, an average forty shot taken on a game. Um, 
I, no, no, I don't, don't think so. That. I think the average the average is less than forty per game on a on a goalie. Yeah, I don't yeah, know I don't why know. they do it either. Either I've never I've never even thought of that before. I've been around the game. No, we have, I've never I've never been asked that before. No, I got to hand it to Z. He has stumped us. And quite frankly, I'm going to be quite honest with you, Z. I'm not googling it at 12:07 a.m. <laughs> I love you, buddy, but you'll have to get me some other night. <laughs> yeah, I guess they could say his save percentage is 90.3, but then you'd, people would probably just say 903 anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess it's just easier. I have no idea. I mean, the, you must call up Kelly Rudy. You got his number. I'm sure he's up still. Kelly probably actually is up. He's probably having a glass of wine. And honestly, he would he probably he probably wouldn't know either. He would just know what his was when he played. <laughs> Funny thing, Kelly's Kelly's told this story on my show a couple of times talking about uh stats and standings. And and, it, and as you know, Rob, Kelly loved Al Arbor playing for him with for the mm-hmm, Islanders. Yep. Like he still talks about him all the time. And he said sometimes they'd be having a team meeting and Al would just suddenly turn to a player and just say, hey, how many points behind Washington are we? Hey, what's our power play right now? So you had, like, he wanted the guys to know the the stats, so to speak, know where they are in the standings, know what their streaks are, know where they are, and probably also another way to make sure guys are paying attention during meetings because you never know when you might get called on and have to answer You know what's funny? I'm trying to remember which coach I had. I I went to a new team, and I remember the players saying, okay, Read up, read the stats before you come in because he's going to do that. Might have been Bob Gainey in Dallas. I can't remember who, but I do remember the players telling me you got to know these things because in a meeting he will do that, and uh, and and so you had to be prepared. I used to write it on my hand because I had a terrible memory back then too. It's funny you talk about Kelly Rudy. When the summers we always play uh, shinny hockey. All the pros would come back here for a while, and you go out at a different rink and you'd be on the ice together. Uh, Kelly Rudy used to always play as a forward. And he was skilled and he was dirty. Like he would, <laughs> he would stick you and slash you and stuff, but he had a really good toe drag. Very, very skilled. Not, he probably skated about as good as I am. So not a good skater, but very skilled with the stick, the forward stick in his hands. All right. Nine, five Calgary wins. Last call tonight. It's going to go to Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey, Reed and Rob. How you guys doing? Good. Oh, the legends. You guys are the highlight of my hockey nights every time. <laughs> Well, That's thanks. Forward to every night. Anyways, just wanted to make an observation today. I don't think the Oilers played as bad as everyone thought they did. I mean, we all shot them pretty decently in the first couple periods there. I think the game changer there was when Kane got robbed, and I think that set the tone there. Because, I mean, I think we did pretty good. I mean, we're giving the guys heck. Yeah, goaltending wasn't that great. But at the same time, defense, sure. But we still put five goals in on them. Had the game pretty close. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, it wasn't that bad. Well, I thought uh, the thing here's why. I don't know. Here's why <laughs> it, yeah, here's why it's bad. It's be, the Oilers' power play was very good tonight, extremely good, uh, and they scored three power play goals. Uh, that's the only reason that the game looked closer than it was. Uh, the Oilers got a huge break on the one power play. They were on the power play and right off the draw. Uh, Hyman was high stick, so now they had a five on three, and the Oilers are automatically going to score on that. So, but five on five, the Oilers were badly outplayed, um, and that's the problem for the Oilers. And, and you heard that every guy that talked for Dry Saddle Hyman, they all kept saying the same thing: nine even strength goals, nine even yeah. strength goals. That's why it was such a bad game for the Oilers. Their power play was excellent, and the penalty kill was good. 
but five on five, they were terrible. When you get into playoff series, there don't seem to be as many power play opportunities. You've got to be a good five on five team to win in the playoffs. And tonight was not a good showing for the others. Yeah, no, I, uh, Steve is also correct, oddly enough. And that that's the really interesting thing talking about this game, that it, it really was the, one of the key points was three minutes into the third period, 17, yep. 25 left mm-hmm. Markstrom robs Kane. And as I was, I, again, I still can't believe I'm saying this. It would have been six, six. Mm-hmm. Not only does he prevent the goal, Calgary scores 26 later. So you go from being tied to minus yep. two on well, the scoreboard. And at that point it was over. Well, when the Oilers killed that penalty off to start the third period, there was belief that the Oilers could win this hockey game. So yeah, I mean, the Oilers did do some good things in this game. But unfortunately, the the five on five was really, really bad. It could have been worse, though. Could have been like the Raptors game tonight, where the speakers went on fire and you had to clear the building. They did finish did the game, that? right? They think, yeah, yeah they, they went came back, back in and finished the game, yeah, without fans though. There was no fans, but they did come back and spank. Uh, I think it was Denver, wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, sorry, Indiana, Indiana. They were playing. Yeah, they, they yeah, were Indiana way. They were already they, way ahead when it happened. So, well, that's why. You, oh. Yeah, you, they wanted to finish. They beat them by about forty points. All right. Well, we're going to uh, sign off here, folks. Thanks for all the phone calls and for all your thoughts. I know it was a tough night in uh, oil country. Well, hopefully they will do better Monday. Six o'clock face-off show game at 7.30 against the Arizona Coyotes. Get more on this game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. This is Oilers Hockey presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.